Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting adventure at the Hub World. Today's quest will have us covering everything Batman. My name is Mateo, and today our party members are... You know, Jules. Whether you're joining our adventure from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, be sure to give us a like and a follow. Now, uh, I'm going to kick it over to Giuliano here, and he is going to explain our new podcast format. Hello, everybody. So we talked a bit about this last episode, how we have a few different formats that we're going to be doing in our um, our podcast moving forward. And one of these games is um, the game that will be replacing our icebreakers. So now we've turned that into a whole game called 20 Questions. Um, So we're going to take a topic and somebody's going to prepare 20 questions about that topic and we're all just going to answer and just share our opinions so these aren't mm-hmm. questions like trivia questions these are questions like um if you had tuned in back when we did our legend of zelda 35th anniversary 35 questions about the legend of zelda it's very similar to that format we'll uh, throw a link here for you to that zelda 35th if you want to check that one out but that's what we're going to be doing today with batman is we're going to be doing 20 questions about Batman. And I believe, Mateo, you've prepared 20 questions for us. Yes, I did. Uh, so the first series of questions are going to be focusing around the Batman. We all love that movie, so I figured That's that great. we would just organize a cluster of questions at the beginning just to center around the Batman. So in case it, something does, like some, we do spoil something, just full spoilers to the Batman. If you haven't seen it, go see it. What was your favorite performance by an actor in the Batman. Would anyone like to start? I have to pull up the cast list because I don't know any of the actors' names. <laughs> I actually really like Jeffrey Wright's uh, interpretation of James Gordon. It was uh, such a refreshing uh, take on the character. Well, we all know James Gordon is a good cop in a sea of bad cops in, in Gotham, and we really got to see um, uh, Jeffrey really explore the character of James Gordon really unlike a lot of the the other Gordons that we've had in the past. Um, in a lot of other uh, Batman movies, we've had James Gordon already in his role as the commissioner, but we actually get to see him as Officer James Gordon here and seeing all of these like crooked cops and criminals or running amok and seeing his kind of growth as a character as well from like, hey, everyone on all of my friends are really cool people and doing the job right. And yeah, okay, there might be a few bad cops among us here just to see him go to like, holy crap, this, this goes way deeper than I thought. And the people that I thought I could trust, I can't trust Mm -hmm. anymore. It turns out this Batman guy is really doing a, doing a good job for us here and helping root out um, all of the, the corruption in this city. So I I really liked his performance as Gordon. Yeah. um, If I can add on to that, because I was, I was going to say Jeffrey Wright, I'll say a different one now, but Jeffrey Wright's Gordon was fantastic. And like, cause I've heard a lot of people say like, it's very refreshing to see him not in his commissioner role. I mean, technically it's the second time we've seen that in live action. Cause um, Gary Oldman was similar, but what I did really appreciate about this interpretation was um, less so the fact that he wasn't commissioner and more so. Um, whereas Gary Oldman's um, commissioner Gordon or not commissioner Gordon, uh, Gordon, James Gordon in um, the dark Knight trilogy was kind of like teaming up with Batman, but he was doing it behind the scenes. And so he never really had to face the the kind of stigma, stigmatization by his peers of working with the Batman. I liked how from the very get-go, they established, okay, Gordon is working with Batman, even though his colleagues aren't necessarily approving of that. 
but he's like kind of like no this is the right thing to do um and i like that kind of um relationship that they had where he's like not really the commissioner yet he's still in, he's still lower in the force but he's at the forefront be, being very like very like forward about what he's doing with batman like he's not mm-hmm. trying to hide it yeah um and i like that um but just to give a different answer i really really liked colin farrell as penguin mm-hmm. i thought it was it was just a it's scream penguin like everything about it was penguin um you can't even recognize colin farrell in the movie he looks completely different and it's incredible how he was able to still act and portray the character despite having that amount of prosthetic on his face. Um, but I, I really think he stole the show like completely. Like like many characters stole the show, but Penguin was definitely one of them. And he's getting his own series, which is really yeah. exciting. They officially uh, ordered it after the movie came out and it's going to be on HBO Max, but it'll be here in in Canada on Crave, but yeah, what a performance! Like I couldn't even tell it was Colin Farrell. Also, and like even I thought the prosthetics, especially in the daytime scenes, would have been a lot more noticeable. But I I was surprised. Like I like they still looked really really good with all that light. So, uh, you guys both ended up uh, saying my top two picks. But another one, I was like obviously. Robert Pattinson was fantastic as Batman, but I, and like I, I feel like that is too that's too safe of a route. But I think another character that really stole the show for me was John Turturro's Carmine Falcone, and they call him Falcone, but I'm not going to do that. That's not how you pronounce it. So uh, John Turturro, I've seen him in so many movies, like. He's been in the Transformers movies. He was in You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Like he's generally like he 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 can do both comedy and uh like serious acting and I feel like I don't think he was in any of the trailers so like we didn't really get a sense of what he looked like or how he was going to perform the character or how he was going to portray the character in the movie but what they did with him he was just so cold and sinister and he had like a lot of funny moments as well. Like a lot of the comedy in the movie, I think uh, the funniest moments came from him, but like just his, uh, portrayal, I think as just a, as a gangster, like he was the mob boss. He's like, the, I love the line when he was being arrested at, uh, towards, uh, the end of the movie where he was basically telling Gordon, he's like, he said, I own the boys in blue. And, and he said, uh, Gordon said, you don't own all of us and then open the door and all the cops were out there. Like that was such a fantastic moment for both Gordon and for, I think Falcone in terms of just the, the, the back and forth and just the whole thing. I liked that they, they introduced the, the thing from the comics where Catwoman's actually his daughter. Like that, that was really cool. And I just think his performance in general is very, very, uh, like he didn't overact the part. Like he played the character the way he should have. And I think a lot of the acting in that movie was very, very true to the way the characters act in the comics and in other media. So like across the board, the acting is was fantastic in this movie. Now moving on to our next question. What was your favorite scene in the Batman? And I want to start this one. I think out of all the scenes, 
the one that I just keep thinking about over and over and over again was the scene where Batman is interrogating the Riddler in Arkham Asylum. Batman went into the Arkham Asylum thinking that Riddler knew who he was, who was he was Bruce Wayne. And then there's the slow build and of, and of their conversation back and forth, and Riddler's just he's just saying Bruce Wayne in such a haunting, menacing, almost like mocking way. And then, but the moment in which he revealed that he actually doesn't know Batman is Bruce Wayne, you could have heard a pin drop. The movie was silent. The theater was silent. That was such a powerful moment. And we, because we all thought he he knew who he was. I'm like, and I was thinking, where are they going from here? What are they going to do? He can't have someone knowing who he is. I've seen the movie twice and it, it hit both times. As soon as he realizes that Riddler doesn't know, there's a sense of relief. And everyone in the theater had that sense of relief too. Yeah. And that was a really moving scene. Mm-hmm. I guess I can go now, and I'm a bit of a sucker for action scenes and things like that. I'm not going to go into the exact uh, detail as you did describing that one moment, Mateo. I was just a real big fan of the Batmobile chase scene. I am a sucker for that Batmobile. I think it's really, really cool what they've done with it. It's just like, it looks like a regular car, and you kind of see him like building and tinkering with it, and then finally getting to see the Batmobile... Because it's really a character sometimes, right? Like when, mm-hmm. like the the amount of tension that a lot of these movies and even the comics give to like the car itself, mm-hmm. the black car with the blue flames and a lot of that kind of stuff, it worked really, really well against like all of the explosions and stuff that were like red and smoke and things like that. It stood out, and that action sequence on the the highway where he's chasing Penguin, great scene, good action, and I had a lot of fun with it. Both great choices. I think mine was just. It was a very heartwarming scene, but I really liked... Well, I guess it's two scenes, but but I, it's specifically the second scene. But um, I like the... There's very few Alfred and Bruce Wayne scenes in the movie, but um, they're very powerful scenes when they do happen. And I think the, the scene like prior to Alfred's little like accident, we'll call it, and then the mm-hmm. scene following it were both very powerful scenes both in demonstrating like Bruce's feelings toward Alfred and his role as kind of like a stand-in father figure and I felt like both of those scenes were very heartwarming and touching and did a lot for those characters and and framing Bruce Wayne as a person so I I really enjoyed those scenes now to kind of venture off and and think about what we would want in future Matt Reeves films so Villains are a very important part of Batman movies. So what villain or villains do you want to see appear in future Batman movies directed by Matt Reeves? I'm going to say mine right off the bat. Like, And they could have potentially hinted towards it in the movie. I mean, they did. But let's see if it becomes something. I want to see Hush. In the movie, we see what we believe to be Tommy Elliott's father, who is a reporter. And in the little montage where they were giving all the exposition about the past, they wrote the word Hush over his name. And I'm like, okay, that would be a cool way to introduce Hush. I don't know if I would want Hush in the next movie, but I think Hush would be the perfect final movie villain. It's a personal villain to Bruce Wayne. And I think that would probably be a good way, if there's only going to be three movies, to end it 
with uh, Hush as the villain of the third movie. Hush is definitely one I want to see too. I have a very clear idea of what I'd want as a trilogy, and in that sense, I I think that Hush should be the next one, um, because I think that Riddler was a Batman adversary, and now we need a um, adversary for Bruce Wayne. I think Hush would really highlight that, and I also want them to build to Court of Owls. And I, if I look at a trilogy of movies with the Court of Owls as villains, I personally like seeing the scope it makes sense for court of owls to come after hush than before um because they're probably a much bigger wider reaching threat than a single person with a vendetta but i do think that hush with the with the and like i've been watching a lot of interviews with matt reeves and matt reeves essentially like the way that the movie even came to be was warner bros called him up while he was working on planet of the apes and was like, we want you to do Ben Affleck's Batman movie. And he read the script and he basically came back and was like, you know, this is a cool movie, but I'm one, not available right now because I'm doing Planet of the Apes. And two, um, if I was going to do a Batman movie, this is how I would do it. And he said he was always invested in like the psychological nature of the character and less on like the superhero action aspect and he's like the script i read was great but it wasn't a great movie for me to explore the character and then apparently they called him back and was like we do want to do that movie and we're willing to wait and so if he's going to keep up with this idea of like this psychological battle for bruce wayne and for batman i feel like hush is the perfect next step because it will challenge his bruce wayne persona and i i feel like that and then they can build to Court of Owls, which can really dive down into like the legacy of Thomas Wayne and uh, what it means for him in the city to balance both being, you know, maybe Bruce Wayne, the leader, because if he takes down the Court of Owls, there needs to be some something to fill the void as well as being Batman, the kind of like savior. Yeah, I I was also leaning towards uh, the Court of Owls for, for my pick, and I, I was thinking... Like, it could work maybe as a secondary kind of thing, because right now, well, at the end of the movie, Gotham has been destroyed, and there is a power vacuum because the the mob families are gone, and a lot of the crime bosses and stuff are going to be fighting for what's left of that empire, right? Riddler did a number on the city, flooded everything, and a lot of stuff is destroyed. Penguin's going to make a move, you know that. The, the Court of Owls, I feel like, where Gotham is right now would fill that void quite nicely because like, Oh, okay. All these old mob bosses thought they were the ones in charge. Uh, uh-uh, uh, we are. And we're going to come out of the shadows now and readjust the city down our path, our designated way of doing things. And that's how you could also tie in potentially if they want to do a Robin, because the Grayson family was tied to the, uh, the talons and everything as well. Right. It would be a great way to introduce um, Dick Grayson into all this as well. And having Bruce defending this kid from one of the talents who's trying to abduct him or something and try to get him indoctrinated. That would be a great personal struggle with Bruce as well. He has to balance being Batman, but he also has to balance being a father or an older brother figure. I'm not going to give a third villain because like, okay, we all know that like it would be it would be really awesome to see Mr. Freeze or uh joker or something like that but i feel like joker's been done a lot recently and they need to kind of like maybe set him aside for a few other characters like yeah we can have joker and like laughing and arkham and stuff every now and then right that'd be cool 
but Batman has such a wide like rogues gallery. I feel like some of the lesser known ones maybe should probably pop up before him, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's actually a good segue into our next question, which is what Batman villain do you want to see adapted in film that hasn't been yet? I think my answers remain the same. There aren't a lot of Batman villains that haven't been adapted in film, and many of them are minor, but I think my answers remain the same. I think Hush and Court of Owls at this point are my yeah. my most wanted. Yeah. Like, for me, I do want Hush, but the thing is, like, Matt Reeves' Batman movies are very grounded. They're going to be very grounded, I feel, at least as long as he's making them. Uh, and I do want some of Batman's sort of, like, metahuman type villains like i really want to see clayface clayface i think has the potential to be a villain if like a main villain or or one of the main villains of a batman movie but he's too he's too out there i think for a grounded uh film especially if like i want them to adapt the way he is in the comics i want that big blob monster that can shape shift and whatever i want that version of clayface um but another one i thought of just now is hugo strange i think hugo strange would actually be really good in the matt reeves movies i think he could fit in quite well just the the whole psychological thing and and yeah, yeah. i yeah. i actually really want him as well i'm hoping he plays a major role in the arkham asylum uh, spin-off series that's going to be going to HBO Max. That's the only reason yeah. I didn't say him is because I'm assuming he's going to show up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Gino? Uh, honestly, like it's hard. It, it's hard for me to to come up with something like this. Maybe oh, I don't know the Mad Hatter. That would be cool. He's kind of like psycho and crazy, and I don't know. I think it would be interesting just to see that kind of psychosis. But I I I know rights and stuff would be like just a nightmare for something along those lines for like Alice and all that kind of stuff. Uh, actually, probably not. But um. So the next question is, who are your favorite Batman villains? But I kind of split this into two. So who is your favorite quote unquote popular Batman villain? Like your A tier Batman villain, the, the the ones that are in every story, the ones that everyone wants to see Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, Two-Face, like those ones, the ones that get way more attention than the small guys. I was going to say my favorite popular one probably has to be Bane just because of I like all of the funny memes and stuff with uh, with Bane and Mateo always does his like really funny Bane voice. You think the darkness is your ally? But yeah, I, I really like what they did with Bane's character in the Harley Quinn series. And I've had way more laugh out loud moments at that. And going back and watching The Dark Knight Rises, I can only hear animated Bane now for <laughs> for that voice. And it's just like, this is great. I'm not even mad. I love Bane. I thought it was funny. And he's an intelligent villain, too. He's not just like this super like big, strong guy that you saw in Batman Forever. That's literally just like a joke that has an inflatable suit. But like the guy's like essentially a dictator. He's quite also like in- intellectual. But when he goes mad and goes like gets angry and he uses his venom and stuff, he's also very imposing physically as well. So I thought that that's a it's a good duality. I was going to keep mine short and sweet because it's 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 a, it's kind of a cop out, but it's I, I think I have to pick Joker. Just Joker is he is the ultimate Batman villain. He he is capable of 
do, doing a lot of damage. He's the only villain, aside from Bane, really, that really broke Batman in the comics. And he's portrayed the most and probably he's portrayed the best in movies. And just, yeah, he's overused, but there's a reason why he is. And for that, like... Like, there's just so many iconic Joker performances and appearances in, in, in comics. I just, I, I, I can't pick anyone else. My favorite popular one is also the Joker. I enjoy multiple interpretations of him, and I agree with everything you said, and that's kind of all. So on the other hand now, uh, the next question, who is your favorite lesser-known or obscure Batman villain? The, the one, like, the villain that hasn't really... Uh, cracked through uh, or has, has punched through pop culture yet so I'll kick this one off so again I'd, I struggled with interpreting popular versus lesser known mostly because I don't think there are many lesser known Batman villains anymore and the ones that are lesser known in my opinion are pretty there's a reason they're lesser known um, because they're not good so I'm going with what I consider to be, which is my favorite Batman villain, and he's popular kind of now, but I still wouldn't put him in the tier of like Joker and Bane and Penguin and stuff. But Rachel Ghoul is the number one Batman villain for me. And I know he's definitely more popular than being an obscure character anymore, um, especially since Nolan's movies and his appearances in Arrow and Gotham and Young Justice and everything else. But um Definitely my favorite Batman villain. Yeah, for me, and like this is one character I think that's gonna like they're they're announced to be a villain in a movie upcoming upcoming movie actually. Uh, but Firefly is my favorite lesser known Batman villain. Like, yeah, Brendan Fraser is gonna be playing him in Batgirl, but prior to that, Firefly is one of Batman's oldest villains, but he's still like C or D tier. He's not been in a lot of like big stories yeah he like he's had some really cool designs like i love his design in the arkham games but like he's just a side quest villain and then also his design especially in the batman where he he has like this really high tech suit where he can fly like he it's so sleek it's really really well designed and like there's not really much to his character. Like, yeah, he's a pyromaniac and I think he's like completely covered in like burns and stuff. But I think there's a lot that they could do with that character still. And yeah, he's been, he's been butchered in Gotham. Brendan Fraser's on the comeback. Like he's on the, his, his so star is rising again in Hollywood. And a lot of the uh, set picks that have come out from Batgirl of the Firefly costume are really, really cool. So I just think that, there's a chance Firefly could become really popular after that movie. So uh, before, while he's still kind of obscure, I think I should just say, hey, I liked Firefly before he was cool. I'm going to go back to one of Mateo's previous picks. I'm going to say Clayface just because the idea of a shapeshifter um, really challenges Batman as a detective. Because if, if one of your villains is able to change shape and change forms and make a getaway... How are you going to find them, right? Also, there's a few different clay faces, I believe. I think there's like one or two. How many are there? Two or three? Uh, off the top of my head, I think there's three. But like the main one is Basil Carlo. Yeah, the the actor. Yes, another another great Harley Quinn uh, comedy Reference. villain here. Great, yeah. great character. And just just having like, for instance, like shape shifting can also be like this amorphous blob, but also like physically imposing 
and challenging Batman in that regards. Clayface is great. We need a movie with Clayface. Now we're going to touch the... Or now we're going to dip our toe into Batman comics. What's your guys' favorite Batman comic book storyline? For me, I have to go with a classic. Uh, and it's a modern classic. Uh, I love the Batman... The first volume of the Batman New 52, which is the first Court of Owls storyline. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, they had the best book in the whole New 52. The New 52, a lot of it was a mixed bag, but Batman was not. Batman came out of the uh, came out running. They had like all the characters had already been established. Like Dick Grayson was already Nightwing. Red Hood, J- Jason Todd was Red Hood. Like the characters had history already and like we we knew all these characters side stories so I was happy that they didn't tell them again and then just the whole introduction of the court of owls was fantastic and and how they are involved with everything in Gotham City like just what a well done story their their entire run on batman actually i'm just going to give it put it out there cuz like they also did the uh i always get it's death of the family or death in the family I know there's there's the the old the old book and then there's the their the one with Joker cuts his face off that was weird, but then they they did their um uh zero hour like or zero year there's just they did so many great stories during that era of Batman and I'm just gonna put the entire uh, Snyder Capullo run. I'll springboard off you because mine is one of those Snyder storylines. Death of the Family. I think it's the best Batman story. Period. Like I've and I've read all the classics. I've read Long Halloween and Year One or whatever it is. And yeah, Killing um, Joke and Killing Joke. Batman Returns. Like I've read all the the big ones, but Death of the Family just hits something very very different. Like it's it's such a powerful Joker and Batman story that culminates in such an extravagant way that really kind of sheds like despite the fact that these characters are so storied and they've been explored to death and their relationships been explored to death it like the the climax and the the resolution of the story sheds a lot of light on their relationship and why their relationship has been allowed to persist for so long despite how kind of almost tired it is like almost like mm-hmm. like how can they be have been battling for this long without joker ever figuring out who batman was and like shedding that light on and shedding that perspective on that conflict is so satisfying i'm not gonna spoil it but i i i would highly suggest that one to anybody my my number one favorite batman story is probably actually the first uh batman book that i read which was batman the return of bruce wayne and it follows Batman after he got blasted back in time by Darkseid. And he's basically jumping in between uh, all these different time periods. And uh, so he gets literally shot back to the Stone Age. And uh, he loses me- uh, Batman loses his memory. And he goes and kills this giant bat, wears it as a hood. And he's running around with, like, cavemen and stuff. And then he's... Uh, sailing around the, the Caribbean and stuff with uh, Blackbeard and some pirates and things. And he also became like a Puritan or like uh, in the early colony days of North America. And it's just, it's just, it's a time travel story, but except he only goes forward in time, but you're following the events of Bruce Wayne throughout history as well. So like there's this, we find out later on in the book that, oh, there's this uh, tribe 
of ancient people called the Miyagani or something, and they worship this bat god that did all these things. And there's also like some ancient treasures and stuff. It, it, it's just really, it's really, really interesting because like it turns out that Batman inspired all of these events that happened in, as part of Gotham's past because he was shot back in time. And it's 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 a great story. It was it was the first like big comic book that I read, and it was my first Batman comic. So I'm gonna have to say uh, the complete story of Batman: The Return of Bruce Wayne. Honestly, Gino, I think that is an often overlooked Batman book. I'm actually really happy that you mentioned it. The next question is, which DC character do you enjoy Batman teaming up with the most? There's actually a lot of picks because like you can talk about comics, you can talk about TV shows, and honestly. Like, my first real introduction to the DC Universe and Batman's relationships with a lot of heroes and characters were in the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series. And that's where I was introduced to Batman teaming up with Superman a lot. So, World's Finest is the the label that they give Batman and Superman. They've been done in animation through the and, and in comics in the Batman-Superman uh series uh and just the whole thing where like there's superman the boy scout does things a specific way he follows the the you know he follows the rules and then batman he's brooding brooding and he he does things his own way and like the way they clash together like they're just two opposites and yet they still have this fantastic chemistry with each other and I just like there's there's a lot of like the light of Superman, the dark of Batman. It's, I just love all the parallels, or sorry, all the 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 clashing ideas and 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 ideals of of everything about Metropolis and Gotham. Like it just those two characters work so well. They had did a movie of them, like it or not, uh, and they did kind of portray the the uh, Batman and Superman relationship i'd say decently well in bvs but i just love especially the stories that they did in justice league unlimited and the original justice league animated series like those ones are the ones that stand out to me like it's it's a we need to get more of those like i i heard that the the newest batman and superman comic is actually quite good and i do want to give that a read so uh, I I will do I will mention those, but also shout out to Batman and Green Arrow in Justice League Unlimited. Okay, I guess uh, I guess it's my turn now. I um, Mateo, I thought you were honestly going to say Batman and Scooby Doo was your first <laughs> real uh, team up. I I didn't really know who Batman was as a character, like outside of like those like eighties nineties movies that we watched with our cousin a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just this goofy TV guy, and then Mom and Dad grew like that with up with Adam West, and then we had this VHS tape of like Batman meets Scooby Doo, and there was like seven episodes of that. I'm like, oh okay, that was fun. But uh, in a more serious note, I um, can't believe you didn't also say Batman and Robin, and seeing uh, of course Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson teaming up, uh, going around fighting crime. It's a combination as old as peanut butter and jelly, and having Batman and his young ward going around fighting crime, kicking bad guys in the face. Um, it's, it is definitely a treat to whenever Batman and Robin, any of the Robins for, uh, for that matter, actually like team up and go and fight crime. We need to see it in a live action movie. It's time. We have yeah. seen 
live action. Yeah, we yeah, need to see it done count. well in a we live action done right. movie. Yeah, because yes. Chris O'Donnell's Robin was like 30 years old. I'm like that, that's not believable. <laughs> I'm adopting a 30 year old man. We saw it in The Dark Knight Rises, Mateo. No, that doesn't count. I cringed when I heard that in the theater. What's your real name? Robin. Come on. Yeah, that's the name, Robin. That was cringe. Mine would definitely have to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Batman and TMNT is a great comic, and everybody should read it. Well, they're not DC characters. Maybe not. But where else can you get the amazing quote of, this is where my parents died, Raphael, and then he's like, cow a bummer. Oh, God. Well, that is cringe. Yeah. Um, You'd expect that from Michelangelo. (laughs) Dang, Batman's so sad that he made Raphael the cool one, like, goofy. Yeah. Um, But on a serious note, I actually really like Batman's relationship with um, Wonder Woman. You're Team Wonder Bat. Yeah, and especially when... Yeah, when when they are actually a love interest, I actually really like that. I really like that relationship between them because they're very, very different people, but they're also very similar. That's the thing. It's like Wonder Woman is almost between, I would almost say between Batman and Superman. She kind of has like the hope and like the lightness of Superman, but she also has the like understanding of like what the world needs that Batman has. Like, she doesn't sugarcoat things. She's willing to be more aggressive. And when her and Batman are together, I really feel like there's a really interesting dynamic um, that happens there that I feel is missing when Wonder Woman's with Superman. Um, Because I feel like Superman makes Wonder Woman into a more campy character. He makes her into like a, just a, a, another Superman. Whereas I feel when she's with Batman, you really get down to like the core of her character and the core of the person she is, um, and the struggles that she has internally as somebody who both has to um, be like this heroic icon for her people and for women and for human beings while also needing to get done what needs to get done and the toll that that can take having that kind of like being a beacon of hope but also needing to sometimes be the one who has to make the tough choices or the tough calls Mm. um so i really like their relationship yeah i think they were actually they may have been a couple if i remember correctly in the dc animated universe and i think so yeah, that was. And they also had a bit of a romance in the DCEU. Not really. A yeah, romance, they, there they was like there was something thing. there. Dude, I I enjoyed that honestly. I, I if that were to like if that was going to be something that they were going to explore in future movies, I would have been down for it. The last question before our rapid fire round uh, is going to be if an any other character were to permanently take on the mantle of Batman, who would it be? He's the Bat Hound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just say mine right now. It's Dick Grayson. And I know I like that. Dick Grayson, his whole thing with not being Nightwing is he doesn't want to be in the shadow of Batman. But if Batman were to die or, or whatever, there's no one else I would think would be comfortable of taking on that mantle aside from Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is the most competent, I'd say, out of all the Robins. He, he's, he has the most complete package. He's got the the fighting skill the agility 
the detective ability of that, that you would one would require to have to become Batman, and he's like I forgot what book it was, but like Batman thinks Dick can be the leader of the Justice League, so like if you have that sort of uh uh what's the word I'm looking for if you have that uh the support from Batman to to become basically the leader of all the heroes in the DC universe. There's no way he can't be Batman. So I got to go with Dick Grayson. I have to second Mateo on that one as well. I And also while the, uh, may I tie this back to my, my favorite comic book line again for the return of Bruce Wayne, while Batman was in the past doing all of that stuff, Dick Grayson did become Batman and those books are really good by the and way damian wayne was robin so you have dick grayson as the father figure and bruce wayne's son as robin it's it was it was quite entertaining mm-hmm. i think it was dark mirror mateo that was the the line where dick grayson yeah Bla- black mirror was one of the the books but like yeah. yeah basically up to new 52 dick grayson was uh was batman the i completely disagree with you guys um, I get why people feel like it's this birthright for Dick Grayson to be Batman, and I even understand why Batman would want Dick Grayson to be Batman, but I think that's exactly why he shouldn't be Batman, because I don't think Dick Grayson is Batman. I think Dick Grayson is too... He leads leans too much into the light to be able to fully be Batman. He, he would never be able to be Batman, and I think that's why Nightwing fits him better. And I don't think he should be Batman. Like, I, I really don't think that his story and his character fits Bruce Wayne's uh, vendetta. I really don't. I actually don't think anybody could take on this mantle. Like, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, who could? And I actually don't think there is somebody that would be able to fully take on the mantle that Bruce has set. But I can at least say this. I think it would have to be an uh, like a new character that they start building to. I don't think it can be any of the characters that are already in the Bat family. I think none of them fit what it means to be Batman. Yeah. Well, that's why even in 100 years Bruce Wayne is still Batman. In Batman 100, he's this like crinkly wrinkly old man that still hasn't given up the mantle. Well, that's the thing is I think there are characters who could take Batman as a mantle. I just don't think the characters we have now would work. I think they wouldn't be Batman, right? Like, they would be something else. And a lot of them, their own personas fit them. Like, Nightwing fits Dick Grayson. Red Hood fits Jason Todd. If I was going to say if one of the Robins should be Batman, I think it would be Tim Drake. I don't think it would be Dick. Yeah, but Tim Tim Drake's got a lot of the similar similar things to Dick Grayson. Like, they're both very lighthearted Tim is a fantastic detective, but he doesn't have nearly as much experience. And I don't, for my money at least, he's not as good as a fighter as Dick Grayson. But that's a good point, though. Like I do agree with the fact that the 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 mantles that the Bat family has now fit them better. But like I think DC actually is going to make a new Batman because they're currently planning on I think killing the entire Justice League, including Batman. So someone is going to have to take on the the mantle, and I know they they introduced uh, Lucius Fox's, I think it's his brother or his son or something, as Batman, and he's going to be the protector of New York City. And 
he, I think, has been somewhat positively received by fans. So, like, he's a relatively minor character. He's been somewhat uh, well-received by fans. So, like, I think he might actually become the main Batman of the DC Universe for as long as they decide to keep the Justice League dead for, which probably won't be a very long time. So, yeah. I almost want them to introduce a relative of Alfred to become Batman. Yeah, we got Julia Pennyworth already. She, she's not that great. So I feel like Alfred would be my next... I would If he wasn't so old, he would be Batman. He's the well, only there one There was capable. an episode of the Adam West uh, TV show where Alfred did become Batman, and it was very funny. Now we're going to move on to our rapid-fire round. I have picked five questions here. There's no like specific theme with these questions. You're just five really fun Batman questions. I think that our listeners would like to hear. So speaking of the Bat family, who are your guys' favorite member of the Bat family? For me, it's Dick Grayson. No questions asked. Like Jason Todd. Bat cow. Bat cow. Yep. Can't say I'm surprised. Yep. <laughs> I like those trolley characters. This one might uh, make you guys think a little bit. What is the best design bat symbol? My favorite one is, I don't know if this is just the classic or standard one, but I think the one that's just like the yellow background with like that looking bat, like the classic one I think is the best one. I actually don't like any of the live action ones in comparison. Mine is Batman Beyond. As much as I like Ben Affleck Batman symbol or and the Christian Bale Batman uh, bat symbol, I have to go with Batman Beyond. I just love how the red pops and I like it's a nice sleek design. It's nothing like anything we had seen before. Love Batman Beyond. I probably have to say it was the the new Fifty Two run of Batman, where it was like the black bat on like just a slightly. It was like it was like almost like a yellow trim around the outside of it. Either that, or I have to say the one from the Batman, like the TV show. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. By the way, I think the one you're thinking of is the Rebirth bat symbol, uh, not New Fifty Two. New Fifty Two oh, is okay. just black on gray. Oh, it's black. Oh, okay, then yeah, the one that had like the the yellow the yellow trim mm-hmm. all along the outside of the bat. That one. So the next question is, what is your guys' favorite Batmobile? The Tumbler. Oh God, really? Yep. Because every time it breaks, there's another vehicle in it. I was expecting like after like the third time, it was just like going to be a unicycle or a pogo stick <laughs> or something. After that, it was great. Tumbler breaks <laughs> apart. There's a bike inside of it. That was really cool. I just I liked it for that reason. But it's more like a bat tank than a Batmobile. Yeah, I wanted to go first because I was going to say none. I despise the concept of the Batmobile. I don't like cars, and all cars look the same to me, so I can't possibly answer this question. Really? Really? I don't like cars. I think cars are boring. For me, it, this was a tough decision. Uh, it was between two, but I'm going to go with the, the one. Uh, and my, I know it could be recency bias, but I love the Batmobile from the Batman. It's just chef's kiss. It looks like a, a muscle car. That That car looks powerful, and that's what I want in the Batmobile. He's got to put fear in people's eyes, just like Batman does. So this one, I think, doesn't require any explanation whatsoever. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, or Arkham Knight? I'm on Team Arkham City. Definitely Arkham City. Arkham City, let's make it three for three. There we go. Now, our last question in our rapid-fire round is, what is your favorite Batman TV series? If you're really crazy, you could, be, you could say Gotham, I guess, but... Mine is... The Batman. Ah, yes. I always enjoyed the Batman because I loved how creepy Riddler looked. Joker was creepy in that, too. Yeah, in general, it's really good. And honestly, I hate to admit this, but it's the only animated Batman show I've watched. We gotta fix that. 
You'd really like Batman the Animated Series. It's phenomenal. It is number one, followed very, very, very closely by Batwoman on the CW. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. The Hub World does not condone any watching of Batwoman. Please do not watch it. Mine is Batman the Animated Series. That show is perfect. I built an entire universe of animated shows that is also phenomenal. And I'm really excited to see the the spiritual successor series that uh, Bruce Timm and Paul Dini are working on for HBO Max. I want to say Batman the Animated Series because I know it's the best one, but I also didn't watch enough of it. I do really like The Batman as well, Jules, so I'm going to have to go with that one. But whenever I hear Batman, it's always uh, Kevin Conroy. So that is the end of our rapid fire round. We have a few questions left, and these ones are the ones that are going to really make you think, I I feel. Maybe not the first one, but the ones after that for sure. So uh, question 15 is, what is your favorite animated Batman? But remember, this is not just animated series. There have been a lot of animated Batman movies. And Batman has appeared in a lot of animated shows that aren't Batman shows. So there's a there's a huge pool. I would like to begin Lego Batman. See, there's another one right there. That, Lego I, Batman, yes. I was, I was hoping I was going to have that hot take and be like, Lego Batman's my favorite. Mine's Batman the Animated Series Batman. But because I just had talked about that in the rapid fire, I'm just going to give my second one, which is the Batman that... I believe his his name is Jason O'Mara. He's the guy that voiced Batman in that continuity that just wrapped up with Dark Side War. He is a fantastic Batman. He, and Batman had the most movies out of any DC hero. Like I think he had like seven movies. So he had a lot of time to flesh out the character. He did a fantastic job. And like you got to see him interact with all these characters. And that hadn't been done since the DC animated universe. I'm honestly a little upset that they did end the, that universe because it was just so well done. But they are starting a new one right now. There are only a few movies in. Batman's not been in it very much. He's had one movie. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I am looking forward to the new continuity that they're going to start building out. But I got to give it to uh, Batman from the DC straight-to-DVD movies. Number 16, this is a fun question here. If you could take one gadget from Batman's utility belt, what would it be? Gino, I think there's only one right answer for you. Can I have two? If one is bat shark repellent, you can have another one. Okay, bat shark repellent because it had to be said. But in all seriousness, no, grappling hooks are cool. I think that's like the only right answer. See, I kind of was a little creative with this one. I picked the the homing beacon on the uh, utility belt because the homing beacon can bring me the Batmobile. And then if I have that, I can bring the I can drive the Batmobile around. I think Batman would have picked that as well. I think mine would have to be in the Arkham games when he has that gel that just explodes. Explosive gel. I think I want that. I like the idea of I just need to get in the place and I just detonate. Now, these are the, the four questions that I'm most looking forward to. We'll start with this one, which is, what is your biggest Batman hot take? Could be anything. Could be about anything Batman's been in, anything pertaining to his corner of the DC universe. It could be his villains, his side characters, what have you. It could be about anything. Would anyone like to start? Well, my hot take is that Jason Todd is better than Dick Grayson, but I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a, just a take. I don't know. That's a take. I think lots of people would agree. But my hottest Batman take is probably that I think at this point, Batman's moral code does more to hold his character back 
than to further it. Uh, so like the no kill, no guns. I think the no guns is fair, but I think the no kill. I think especially with the way live action interpretations of him have gone lately, I think the no kill Batman. It limits his character, and it's so unrealistic, because I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want about Robert Pattinson's Batman doesn't kill, but there are at least 20 people probably died in that car car drive. Like, that's <laughs> the thing is, like people clearly die as a result of the things Batman does. Like, maybe he doesn't personally murder. The best example of what I'm talking about is in Arkham Knight, where... You literally can drive the Batmobile as a freaking tank into people. And the developers had to say, oh, well, when you drive into them, it actually delivers a shock that flings them away and makes sure that they don't get hurt. And I'm just like, that's so stupid, because now you're creating stupid storytelling reasons for why Batman isn't killing. If you want to introduce these crazy weapons and these massive explosive car chases and all these big action pieces into Batman like just drop the whole idea of Batman doesn't kill and like they don't necessarily have to completely shift it like they can still keep his moral code of like he doesn't want to kill or he doesn't prefer to kill but I think the whole idea of like he will do anything except kill like I hate that idea because it's like he's clearly killed people before think of just the medical costs that these guys have to pay <laughs> to get back into like they'd wish he'd killed them because they are like screwed for the rest but of their some lives of them may have just died from being beaten to the uh, beaten to a pulp and not gotten the right medical attention right like everything feels so unrealistic about his moral code again like i think it's okay to write batman as like he doesn't want to kill or he doesn't he won't kill like he's not going to shoot somebody with a gun and he's still going to be that guy that a joker jumps off a building he's going to jump off and save him he's not going to be indifferent to the idea of killing but i think when they put him into these dilemmas of like batman won't even kill joker when he's holding like a gun to his son's head and is like going to kill him. And he would like actually allow that thing to happen rather than be a killer. Like I, but I don't believe those stories with Batman anymore. Cause I'm just like, there's no way you haven't killed dude. Like, you know, you've killed, you haven't done it intentionally or on purpose, but you've done it inadvertently. And so like, I feel like he needs a different philosophy toward the idea of killing of like intentional or premeditated murder is not good, but I feel like there needs to be more of this. I there's less of an identity of Batman doesn't kill. I'm more this identity of Batman is not a killer, but people have died as a result of Batman. Many people have. I never even thought of that. And I don't know how I, how I feel about that. But one thing I do feel strongly about is pertaining to, I guess all Batman media really like I said, Joker's my favorite Batman villain. He's been done well in animation with Mark Hamill's Joker. He's been done fantastically in live action movies and in comics. Like there's so many, there are dozens of fantastic Joker stories and it's an event when they bring Joker back. But I could honestly say that I would appreciate it if DC just shelved Joker for like 10 15 years and i i would not be upset by that i think joker having to be in everything holds back batman's villains like okay it is cool that we saw joker in 
the Batman. But I don't really care to see him in live action again or in the, this set of films because, like, okay, it'd be weird seeing him as a secondary villain because the general public always wants Joker. He's just such a huge character, and he is batman's nemesis he's the number one villain in the rogues gallery but give someone else the time to develop into a big batman villain and everything like and because like no one's gonna beat hamill no one's gonna beat heath ledger just take a break and develop someone else that's i i really think that like give the keys to another villain mine also has to deal with joker mateo and in particular to heath ledger heath ledger was great but honestly, the other like a lot of the other performances we got with uh, other actors playing Joker, I don't think Heath Ledger was the best Joker anymore. And I think it's a little spicy. I think Joaquin that Phoenix did a really good job. Hot. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix is fine. I thought you were going to say Jared Leto. Like Dark Knight, I didn't think it was the greatest. It was a good movie, but I don't think it was the best. But that's like a different kind of smoldering, kind of hot, kind of take. Well, you'll answer what you think is the best later. Yeah. Let's say, before we move on from this topic of Joker, can we all agree that the best Joker is not Heath Ledger? It's Mark Hamill? Yes, absolutely. Mark Hamill's in everything. He's in... he's Because you, you can get video game Joker there, which was fantastic in the Arkham games, and then you also have him in the animated universe. He has probably played Joker longer than anybody in terms of just hours of work done in, as the character. And the voice is so iconic. Like, uh, I love Mark Hamill's Joker. So the penultimate question is actually a very important. It's not the penultimate. It's not the penultimate, sorry. It's the pen penultimate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we actually have three questions left for those who didn't understand what we were saying. What is your favorite live-action Batsuit? Ooh, this one's easy. BBS Batsuit, the armored Batsuit. Oh, wow. Yep. The armored one. Armored Batsuit, yep. It's a great homage to the, the Armored Batsuit that Batman wears in... Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, yeah. When he has that fight with Superman. That is a great Batsuit, but that is not one I even considered, to be honest with you. For me, I have to go with the Batsuit from The Dark Knight. I really liked the Batsuit from Batman Begins, but it had the similar issue that Michael Keaton's Batsuit had, where Batman couldn't turn his neck. He had to move his entire body in order to change the way he, direction he was looking in. And they address it in the movie. You're like, okay, yeah, you can be more flexible with the suit, but it's going to impact protection. Like, you're going to have spots between your armor plates that someone could shoot you or stab you through. And that bat suit, I think, had the best cowl. I loved what it did with the cape, how, like, Batman could glide with the cape. Also, I just think the bat symbol was solid it wasn't fantastic the utility belt was done well like it had all the elements that i was looking for in a really good batman suit and i don't think any other bat suit to date has been as well-rounded as the dark knight slash dark knight rises bat suit i would go with that one i actually think the best bat suit like i'm looking at a picture of them now i prefer the i'm not sure which movie it's from i think it's the Michael Keaton one. The very first the, like, one. Yellow, yeah, with like the yellow symbol and the yellow utility belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had Nike shoes. <laughs> I actually really like that style. And I'll tell you why. I think what I haven't really liked about the Batman suits as they have progressed 
is it's almost like his ears have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. And I like the long ears. I think it's more yeah. menacing. And I think Christopher Nolan's Batman suits, like the Dark Knight Batman suits, were like the shortest I'd ever want them to go. As much as I like the design of Ben Affleck's, but I still think like that original, that Michael Keaton one, where like the first time that almost like Batman's suit actually looked, you know, not campy. Yeah, it's. it's I think it's just classic. Yeah, like with the Pattinson suit, they had to, if they would have made two changes to that suit, it would have been my number one. The thing is, I hate the bulging like tactical bag he has on his leg. To me, like that's just really weird, and like I think like, they hope they get rid of that in future movies. And I don't like like the Dracula collar that he has. I'm not a fan of that big collar. Where like the cowl and the cape are one piece. Like that's really cool, but I'm just not a fan of that 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 collar it's just it's too big and it just doesn't fit batman in my opinion yeah that's fair but uh on to the second last question and this is the real penultimate question just straight up could be from anything who is your favorite batman arkham batman is peak batman i don't think there's a better batman out there i think arkham batman is the best blend between the comic batman and like the live action kind of realistic version of batman and yeah, I just don't think it's been done better. I, I think yeah. Arkham Batman is is the Batman. That's peak Kevin Conroy. Yeah. And like as to what I was saying before, like Kevin Conroy, whenever I do like whenever I read any of the books, when I think of Batman, that is the voice. And then the actual way that the Arkham games themselves pan out. It's a beat 'em up game that has the detective elements and the stealth elements. And that's those are the three things that Batman is known for. Kicking the crap out of everyone being super smart and just being a badass and you're spending like what upwards of 20 hours with this character it's like it's like as if you're watching the movies or if you're watching all the shows and everything but with video games as a medium you get to explore the character and all the little nuances and stuff along the way that you just don't get anywhere else like in a book or in a movie because you yourself are the character and that's just the magic of the arkham games and i guess if i ever to say like one live action batman i still think ben affleck's my favorite He's just the perfect blend of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And it just it, it's a shame that things turned out the way they did. I really would have liked to see him get his own movie. But at least we get one more appearance uh, of Ben Affleck's Batman in the Flash movie. But it's still, it'll be bittersweet. Now, on to the last question. What is the best Batman movie? For me, it's between two movies. But best Batman movie, hmm. Like, it depends on the day of the week, I guess. But... For today, today it being a Sunday, the day we're recording this, I got to go with the Batman. And like, just that movie, it showed that element of Batman that I've been wanting to see since I started going to the theater and watching movies. Like, Batman has never been that much of a detective in any other movie. The fight scenes and his physicality were not on the same level as Ben Affleck's Batman or even Christian Bale's Batman, but... Robert Pattinson's Batman was a tank. Like people could were shooting him at point blank. His armor was able to eat the bullets and he was just so brooding. But the thing is, he was the most human Batman I felt because he made mistakes. He was the this was a year two story, and Batman is very early on in his career and is in a very vulnerable position. He's wondering whether or not what he's doing is worth it. And by the end of the movie, he realizes it is worth it. And 
I have to actually change. I have to become a beacon of hope for these people. That is what I've been missing. And he learns that at the end of the movie. And I just find the journey of Batman throughout that movie is, for lack of a better term, it's more complete. It's more whole. There's more there. And just the performances from all the characters, not just the Batman and the villains, the side characters too were all fantastic. The score was incredible. Every element of that movie is perfect. And the thing is, The Dark Knight's the same way. But I think as a starting point, I think for a franchise, the Batman is so fantastic. It's better than Batman Begins in that regard. So I have to go with the Batman. I'm just so excited for everything that is coming next with this franchise. I Yeah, I, the more I talk about it, I, 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 I reassure myself. So I, I, I'm sticking to it. I don't think I can say it better than Mateo did, but that, exactly that. I do think the Batman is definitely the best starting point for any Batman, but I can't in good faith say that it's better than the dark Knight. I can't. And it all boils down to one thing and it it will always boil down to one thing for me because this is just the type of storyteller I am, but I genuinely believe Batman is only as good as his villains. And even though the Batman has the arguably the best supporting, I don't even think arguably the best supporting cast of any Batman film. It has the best Batman. I think Robert Pattinson is the best Batman. Ultimately, what was lacking in that film was a compelling hero versus villain conflict. And I say this, even though I liked Riddler, he had no presence in the film. Very, very minimal presence. And I understand that that was the point of the film, and I do appreciate it for being that, and it's not a criticism of the film, but that's why The Dark Knight takes it for me. Having the tension of the hero and the villain going back and forth is so much more exciting to me than the um, hero going on like a goose chase. And I think the lack of the Riddler's presence in the story is what ultimately kept it from being better than the Dark Knight for me. Not even just the lack of him being there, but also just in general, the just how he was. I thought it was a really good performance, but I a lot of it was him behind a mask. And it just didn't feel like there was a real... It didn't feel like there was a real character there till the very, very, very end. And even then, he wasn't even part of the climax of the story. Psychologically, he was, but The Dark Knight still got to take it for me. It's so fantastically written, and the characters are so well done. Like, don't get me wrong, the relationship with Rachel is awful, and it always was. But the relationship between Gordon and Batman, and Dent and Gordon, and Dent and Batman, and then the Joker in the mix of that, as well Batman as the relationships Alfred. with Alfred and Lucius Fox. Like, all of these, like, Nolan did his relationships very well, and as much as his movies have aged in some ways where, you know, like, some scenes really, really think about them don't really make sense, or... Like there are there are things that you can definitely pick apart from the Dark Knight, but I think when it comes down to just the acting, the character work, and just the writing, like the like the dialogue, it's just too good. The Batman has definitely made me feel like Reeves will outdo the Dark Knight, but I don't think this one is outdoing it. I think this one comes close, but I think the next ones may be the one to really push beyond what the Dark Knight established as the, in my opinion, the pivotal and the peak Batman movie. Very well said. 
So that was the final question. If no one else has anything to say, Gino, would you mind playing us out? Yes, of course. That brings us to the end of today's quest. If you liked what you heard today, hit that like, subscribe, or follow button below. Uh, if you want to contribute to the conversation, let us know any ideas for uh, upcoming 20 questions. Or if you just want to share your thoughts, leave us a comment. We do read all of them. We'll see you next time at the Hub World. See ya. Microsoft, make a new Banjo game. See ya, everybody. I thought that ended rather abruptly. I feel like we should have said something else, but for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know what.